and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Hallelujah! I want you to praise Jesus today. Put that back up there, that second slide. Some of you need the right attitude because you got the wrong attitude this morning. That second slide. I will say that. I will. I will. I will. Lift up my hands. I will rejoice. I will praise the Lord. Yes, I come before you, Lord, and I lay them down. Yes, I lay them down. Sing that again. So I come and I bring my burdens. Yes, I come and I lay them down. Yes, I come
Some of you are starting to understand the power of praise. You want to see your God move in your life. You're tired of being defeated. You're tired of being kicked around. You're tired of being less than. You're tired of living less than who your father says you are, who your creator made you to be. You're tired of being defeated. Praise. You want power? Praise. You want victory? Praise. You want overcoming? Praise. Not what you see in the natural. Praise Him. Find power in praise. This next song, we're going to blow the roof off. This next song, we're going to blow the roof off. This song is a declaration. We are no longer slaves to fear. We are no longer slaves to sin. You and I are children of the Most High God. You are a son. You are a daughter of the almighty, all-powerful creator of heaven and earth. You are not defeated. As one voice, as one church, as one body, we will declare, I am a child of God. Let his name be forever lifted high. Let heaven and earth hear who our hope is in, who our trust is in. If you're not ready, get ready.
For now the hour in which you have entered and discern the times of me. For you've entered into the season of the shout. So don't lie down and pout. But rise up and declare and decree. This is the way it shall be. Sing at the top of your voice and your lungs. And shout on to God with a voice of triumph. Just as the children, my children, marched around Jericho, they were given orders to shout, not just with an ordinary shout, but a great shout. For you shout before the manifested victory. You don't wait for the victory to manifest and then shout. You shout by faith. My people declare and decree a thing. My people shout by faith. So shout at your finances. Shout at your physical well-being. Shout at your circumstances. Shout to the mountain and declare and decree grace. Father, we shout unto you this day at Harvest Church with the here this day we thank you for the corporate anointing that will drive all our cares and concerns away our eyes are on you the author and the finisher of our faith and we worship you Lord and thank you for your grace and your mercy this day every family blessed in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We glorify you. We honor you. And all God's people shouted, Amen! Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. I just, I heard the Spirit of God speak to me clearly. This is the season of the shout. Season of the shout. Praise God. So if you don't know how to shout, just call Bobby. He'll tell you how to shout. Amen. Look in your Bibles, please. To Psalm 112. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Praise your Lord Jesus. I shared this psalm last week and we were talking about the established heart not being moved by fear or the, you know, all the evil tidings, what's going on. Pray. I'm just, I, I knew that God was doing something the last few months especially. And I, I don't usually watch the news that much anymore. If I do, I'll watch a little Hannity or a little Fox. But I watched Hannity the other night with, with Joe Biden, and they played his town hall meeting on CNN. You know, I don't want any man to perish and... and uh, you know, I'd love to see him just as the father wants to see, see people come to repentance. But you can't lead a country in that state of mind, in that condition. We need a leader. Amen. Amen. And we're, we're going to see some things in the days ahead. I believe that. And I believe the prophets, especially in November. So don't, don't be discouraged and you say, well, when's it going to happen? You know... They marched around that city. Nothing happened. And they had to do it by faith every day. And that's what we have to do by faith. Yeah, there are giant walls and there's problems and there's mountains. But you've got to walk by faith and not by sight. He's a God of faith. And the only thing that pleases a God of faith is faith. Amen. Now, I, I want to read this to you, and, and because this is the blessed state of the righteous. It says, praise the Lord, blessed is a man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Now, he's, he's, the psalmist is describing the righteous man. A good man deals graciously in lands. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be an everlasting remembrance. He'll not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. Trusting in the Lord, his heart is established, he will not be afraid, till he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor, the wicked will see it and be grieved, he will gnash his teeth and melt away, the desire of the wicked shall perish. Now, it, it tells why the righteous man is blessed, because number one, he fears the Lord. He, number two, he delights in his commandments. The third thing is he deals graciously in lens. His heart is established. Number five, he trusts God and he gives to the poor. That's the final one. And I want you to see something. There's a thread through this whole psalm. And yes, it talks about your heart being established in the word, but it talks about a righteous man being generous. Boy, I got quiet. Why did it get so quiet? thought we were shouting. It talks about a righteous man being generous. And, and I, wanna, I want you to realize in the days ahead. I don't care what, how much gas is a gallon. 
Hamber- I asked how hamburgers gone up. Steaks are out through groceries, everything. But if you know who you are in Christ, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ, this psalm, I, I quote this psalm, you know, 112 over my children, the seed of a righteous man. He, they're blessed. You've got to walk by faith in the days ahead. You need to be good stewards of your finances. You need to tithe. If you're here today and you don't tithe, shame on you. Now it's going to really get quiet. You don't give, shame on you. You don't sow alms to the poor, shame on you. You're going to find some struggles in the days ahead. Now's the time to be generous. I don't care what the stock market's doing, what it says, the grocery prices and all that's going on in the economy. You have to have this mindset you're going to be generous. The other day, the garbage man showed up. I had a pile of garbage out here. You wouldn't believe the garbage, I had, the stuff I had I threw away out here. I almost felt, I felt guilty. See, same guys here, same guy comes to our house. So this last Friday, he comes on Friday. These two young kids jump off. I said, is that old man in the cab still there? Yeah, he's driving. So I got up on. I said, here's 10 bucks. He took it. I said, you cleaned up a mess out there at Harvest Church. And I, and I want you to know I appreciate that. You go out to a restaurant and you can't tip. Now, listen, I don't tip if the service isn't good. But if you can't sell a good tip, shame on you. You ought to wait tables once. I've waited tables. How many have waited tables here? How many appreciate a good tip? Be generous. Don't just wait for the opportunity. Be looking for the opportunity to give. Just random acts of kindness. Amen? I'll leave you with with one more here in, in Proverbs 11. Verse 24, there's one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more that is right, but it leads to poverty. Verse 25, the generous soul will be made rich. Whoa, get a hold of that. The generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. So if you want finances and you want God to bless you, then sow seed consistently. Be a blessing in everyday life wherever your, your feet take you. No, you don't always have to give money, but you can say thank you. Show your appreciation. And, you know, right now there's not a lot of help. There's stores and businesses suffering and restaurants because they don't have good help. But when you see good service, comment on it. Amen? Amen. As the ushers wait upon you this morning, we'll, we'll sow our tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope for your giving, I want to make uh, mention of this and remind you, December 5th, say December 5th, that's a Sunday. Uh, Pastor Doug Daniels will be here from Pastor Hank's church. He's his right-hand man and administrator, and he preaches. Some of you have heard he fills in when they're gone, and and because Pastor Hank is so busy, he'll be here next year. Amen. But I wanted Pastor uh, 
uh, Doug to come and, and minister to us because he has a heartbeat on what's going on. And so please honor your pastor's request and be here December 5th. That was a delayed amen. Please honor your pastor's... Thank you. They got her. All right. Amen. chapter 12 the funeral for Rhonda Gant was postponed they had a small private and we were going to go over Mike was going to do part of the funeral and so we decided I'd been talking about the gifts of the spirit and the Holy Spirit so I would minister today so he could have time to prepare for that well he didn't we didn't have to go but we're going to go on with this because it's important right now So let's pray and then we'll begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, that it goes forth boldly and accurately and that we receive it with open hearts and that we are doers of the word and not hearers only in Jesus' name. Today's a good day. God's doing a new thing. It's a day of rejoicing. The Braves beat the Dodgers. (laughs) Yes, we can be in unity, be in agreement with me for the Braves. Our family's been long Braves fans. We found our shout last night, and uh, so that's a good thing. You know, it's not the time to dodge what God's doing. It's time to be brave and go forward. You know, I'm just having fun with you. And that wasn't the Sith. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. Anyway. 2021. (laughs) So this is a good start for me anyway. I was not in faith last night. I was nervous. About the seventh inning when the Dodgers had the bases loaded and a good hitter, I was I found my shout, but it wasn't the good shout. I was mad that they put that picture in. Anyway, but we came through. So I like baseball. It doesn't hurt to enjoy life a little bit. We need to remember that. It doesn't. eh, Golf. You can't shout at golf. Anyway, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've been talking, I've been talking just bits and pieces throughout the year on the Holy Spirit. And I believe it truly God is doing a new thing. We are in a new era and we've got to understand how to operate in the things of God. We need the Holy Spirit right now. And so, you know, we need to understand and we need to move forward in the things of God. In verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but in the same 
it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, or to another prophecy, to another different kinds of tongues, and another interpretation of tongues. There are nine diverse gifts here. These are supernatural gifts. These are not ordinary natural gifts. Some people have gifts to sing. Some people have gifts to hit home runs. Some people have gifts to serve. Some people can write, and some people can speak. Those are natural God-given gifts. But these nine are supernatural, above and beyond gifts. But they're available to us, and they're, they're beginning. We, you know, it's been kind of quiet for the last 20 years or so, but you're starting to see the gifts beginning to operate again. And so we need to understand that. So there are nine, to gift, nine diverse gifts, and there are three categories of gifts. Three say something, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues say something. Three do something, faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. And three reveal something, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. So one thing we need to understand that these nine gifts are not natural. They are supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit work that work through individuals. You don't have to be highly educated or exceptionally talented or be a certain age. It's just as God wills. But on the other hand, we need to realize that probably these gifts are not going to manifest in your life if we're just lethargic and apathetic and never doing anything. So we need to spend time with God. More than anything else, we need to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And then the gifts, so many of these gifts work together. You know, you might have, um, for instances, the gifts work together in many instances. They kind of blend. So somebody like Pastor Hank may have a word of wisdom, but it comes out through a prophecy. So you can't just say this, 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 and this and be so distinct They work together, they flow together. But at the same time, by talking about the individual characteristics, we we understand them more. So we just want to talk and have an understanding. So, But we should never put God in a box. That's very important. We should never put God in a box. It's good to have a general understanding of what they are, how they work, and God's purpose for them. But we need to understand that they'll flow together. You can't just say this, 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 and this. They, they'll flow together. So uh, last week we talked about the three gifts that, that um, reveal something. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. The word of knowledge brings supernatural revelation concerning things past and present. It reveals facts. The old, there are old and New Testament examples. I won't go into that for the, the sake of time. But the illustration I used was like when Mario Murillo is ministering. And he'll say, so-and-so here has had, has cancer. And you've been dying, and, and he'll lay it out. And he had no way of knowing that, but it's a gift to God. It was a supernatural world, word of knowledge that revealed a fact. And then he ministers to them. The word of wisdom, on the other hand, 
the word of wisdom always speaks future. Word of knowledge is present and past. Word of wisdom speaks future. It is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning divine purpose in the mind and will of God. So many times we think of it as fortune telling or future telling. And it will tell us things in the future. It can. But it's because it's the will and purpose of God that he's trying to get out. That's why... The prophets have been speaking this year because God's trying to get into our heads what his purpose, plans, and will is for this time, for this time in our lives. Um, in many cases, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom operate together. That's what I said. You can't just make a straight line. They will operate together. And so we need to just understand that. Then there's the gift of discerning of spirits. It gives spiritual insight into the spirit world. Word of knowledge and word of wisdom can apply to people, places, and things, but discerning of spirits only gives supernatural insight into the realm of the spirit. It deals with both good and bad spirits. In other words, you just can't go around and look for devils all the time. Okay, not only just evil or demonic spirits, but good good things. The spirit of God, like we gave the illustration of in the Old Testament where... God opened the eyes of the servant to of Elijah and he could see the armies of God that were with them. And that's where they said there'd be more with us than with them. So in the back, I printed out because I don't have time to go through all the scriptures. There is this sheet of paper in the back that you can go if you want to study that more and it lists the different scriptures. Today, we're going to talk about the power gifts. The power gifts are the gift of great faith. Now, when it says faith, don't that's not just ordinary faith. This is supernatural, above and beyond ordinary faith. It is the gift of, it lists it as the gift of faith, but for understanding, it is the gift of great or special or supernatural faith. The gift of working of miracles and the gift of healings. They do something. These three gifts are, the other three were reveal something, these do something. They are the power gifts. So, just to define it very quickly, the gift of faith is special, supernatural, or great faith. And you have to understand there's differences of faith. Some people just want to hear one thing, that's it, and they won't dig into it. If they hear... Dr. Fauci say that we have to stop Christmas, they're just going to believe it. But you've got to dig in and find the truth. And we've been in that state in this nation, not only in the natural, where we just believe the first thing we hear, and we've been that way in the church. And you've got to dig into the word of God sometimes. It's important. So there's different kinds of faith. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's referring to saving faith. When you begin to hear the word of God, when the word of God is preached, and maybe all it is is so good, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That amount of word will put that help get that saving faith in you. God will give that saving, God gives that saving faith for you to receive him. 
That's a very basic general faith, and it's available to anyone and everyone because he wants all people to be saved. In Romans 12, 3, it says, As God has dealt to each one of of us, and that's referring to believers, a measure of faith. That's general faith. So once you are born again, God will give you a measure of faith, and you can use that faith in anything the word talks about. And uh, and small things, big things, and it's a good thing to use that in small things. Start believing God for the small things because your faith will grow. And your faith will grow by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you've got to start using that general faith to grow strong in faith. Our responsibility is to grow that faith by hearing and hearing the word of God. There's also just a plain natural faith. So if we say, you look at that chair and you're going to walk over and you just have faith that chair is going to hold you. That is just a plain natural faith and we all have that. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we take that too far. That's what I said. You hear one thing on CNN and you just believe it. And, you know, that's just blind, stupid faith. And you've got to learn to discern between good and evil, between truth and lies. And so there's all different kinds of faith. You can have, like I said, blind faith, where you are just a deceived guppy and believe anything that you might believe. You might believe that Biden's going to build back better or that Fauci is telling the truth about COVID and vaccines. Usually people with blind, deceived faith will believe anything except the truth of the word of God. And, and what, what, you know, right now, if you watch TV at all, what do you see? All kinds of commercials about Halloween and ghosts and the supernatural. Why is it that everybody wants to believe that, but then when the supernatural moves in the life of a believer in a church, nope, nope, can't be. That's, that's just a blind, deceived faith. But a lot of it has to do with what you're hearing. If all you hear are ghost stories and all this, this stuff that they present, that's what you're going to believe. How many people are watching commercials about the Spirit of God moving in churches? And we're, That's why you have to dig in a little. You have to be... Um, you have to be careful what you listen to, what you hear, what you see, and what you're, what you're presenting yourself. And you need to find out for yourself. The word of God is for everyone. And God gives all of us faith. So then it's our responsibility to get in the word of God and get that built in our lives. But there is the supernatural special gift of faith, and that's what's mentioned in first Corinthians and people will get that confused. They just, you know, there's, there's a saying now you'll hear it. And it just makes me love is love. Love is not love. If you study the word of God, there's agape love. There's eros love. There's phileo love. I think there's another in, in the Hebrew, in the Greek, there are these different kinds of loves. And in the Bible, it just will say love, but there are different kinds of love. Love is not love. That's a deception that they're trying to promote on the world. And if you listen to it long enough, you might believe it. 
but it's not true. So we have to understand and differentiate the different kinds of faith. So today we're talking about the power gifts, and we're talking about how they work. So you have the gift of faith. Like I said, all these, there's general faith, saving faith, blind, stupid faith, natural faith, but there is a gift of faith. And it is a gift. The gift of faith is a gift of the spirit to the believer to receive miracles. The gift of faith enables the believer to rest in expectation of a God-performed miracle. It may take a period of time for this miracle to be manifest in the natural. The gift of faith empowers the believer to trust in and believe God for things not ordinarily considered the accustomed order. A miracle is an intervention in the ordinary course of nature. Miracles are from God, not man. And there are different scriptures that talk about that. If you, you all know the story about Daniel in the lion's den. So Daniel was a man of God. He was a man of the word. But when, when he disobeyed their orders or the commands and prayed when he wasn't supposed to and he gets sent to the lion's den, what does Daniel do? He just lays down. He's calm and rest. Ordinarily, an ordinary man, no matter how much you're in the word of God, no matter how much you love God, if you walk into a den of lions, it's going to take some supernatural faith just to chill. Okay? That is an example of the gift of faith in operation. Let's look at another example in 1 Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17, we'll read verses 12 through 16. I'll start with verse 11. This is about the widow. And as she was going to get to eat, Uh, Oh, let's start with verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a woman there, a woman, a widow there to provide for you. So he arose, went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends the rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of God, which Elijah spoke. So she received a miracle. That is the gift of faith. Now, there's also the gift of working of miracles. And the clue there is working 
of miracles. Gift of faith receives the miracle. Working of faith, working of miracles does something. The difference between working of miracles and the gift of faith is that one does and the other receives. The working of miracles is more of an act, but the gift of faith is a process that receives. The working of miracles is used to display God's power and magnificence, and the individual actually does something to work the miracle. It is the power of God flowing through a person. Look again now in 1 Corinthians or 1 Kings chapter 17. And it talks about, uh, that's the wrong scripture, but it talks about how there were, when um, Elijah went to heaven and Elijah received his mantle, and the first thing he did was went out and struck the Jordan River and it parted. That was a working of miracles. Where she just received the miracle of the oil and the flour, that was faith. Working of miracles, he did something. He smote the water. He had to apply some action to it. And I, was trying, I always try to make it relevant to us. And this is the, biggest, the best thing I could come up with for this area of the country this time of year. So there are two different ways to hunt deer. One is by faith, gift of faith. You sit in the deer stand and wait for the deer to come to you. The other one is you spot and stock it. You actually work for it. Either way, chances are you're going to get the deer. The second one is fun. And you know what? He's, you know, I was, I've been thinking about Kenneth Hagen and Oral Roberts. Kenneth Hagen was kind of a laid back, kind of just, you wouldn't call him passive, but he was different than Oral. Oral was the climb over the wall and take it by force. And I believe, you know, Kenneth Hagin talked on faith, and he could just receive things by faith that an ordinary person couldn't. And I believe it was because the gift of faith was working in his life, whereas Oral Roberts, it was more the working of miracles. And maybe it had to do with their personalities, how God used them, but Oral was gung-ho all the time Hagen would receive and people would we have to learn to discern the difference you know there are people that would rather spot and stock deer and there are people that would rather sit in the deer stand and receive the deer and it and there's different times and situations you know where we hunt it's very wooded, and so you can't see very far, so it's better to sit in the stand. But there's places out west, you don't have a stand, a tree to sit in, so you've got to do that. So all the gifts depend on the individual, depend on the circumstances, depend on the time and season. And that's why we can't put God in a box. We have to understand that. So the third one is the gifts of healing. And... Um, the gifts of healing, and here again, look at the plural, gifts of healing, supernatural healing of disease without natural means of any source. In other words, if you get a cold and you go to the store and you buy some cold relief tablet 
and you go to bed and lay, you're going to get, you're going to get healed. You're going to receive your healing. That has, you know, your body is made to heal itself. That's kind of a natural healing, just like natural faith, natural healing. But there comes a time when God just does it. You don't need a Tylenol. You don't need an Advil. You don't need to go to the doctor. God just does it. And probably the best example, I can think of that lately. And I don't know here again just how you term it, term it you know, define, define that. But when Jackson Steiner this summer was not feeling well and he was having digestive problems and he came up here and prayed and he was just healed. It wasn't what the doctors did. It wasn't what, you know, whatever. He was just healed. And I believe that was a gift of healing and operation. But so many times we just, that just kind of goes over our head. We don't recognize that. And the thing with gifts of healings, they call it gifts of healings. It's most likely plural because there are so many different kinds of diseases and ailments. And Jesus had the full measure of the spirit. So he, he, you know, you read through the New Testament, you get all kinds of stories of gifts of healings. Jesus, everybody he, he came in contact with, he, he healed. There was healing present. But God distributes, we are the body of Christ, and not one person in the body of Christ has all the gifts of healing or don't have all the gifts of the Spirit working. That's why we need to work together. And I've heard this in just from what I've seen, going back to Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagin. Oral Roberts pray, you know, in the healing revivals, had great success in laying hands in people and praying for people. But his greatest success always seemed to be with limbs, arms, leg injuries, and that kind of thing. And I, I would go to some of his meetings, and they'd bring people in and, in wheelchairs, and they'd pop out of there. And it was pretty cool because he was dealing, that was just whatever, whatever reason, that's why where God used him a lot. Kenneth Hagin, I can remember going to service, and there was a whole line of wheeled people in wheelchairs over here, and the Spirit of God to heal was present. And not one of them came out of the wheelchair. But Hagin had a lot of gifts of healings for, like, growths and tumors and those kinds. So there's different gifts. Anybody can pray for anybody in natural faith. But in the gifts of the Spirit... You know, there's, it's gifts of healings, and we don't all have every gift. We have parts, and that's why we need each other. So one of the coolest stories of, that I re- remember of a gift of healing in operation was at ORU, we had chapel twice a week, and you were required to go, and it was, it was cool because Every day, it was always different. Never the same kind of music. We think you have to have a certain kind of music for the anointing. They had organ music. They had acoustical, you know, guitar, one person leading it. They had the souls of fire. It was different every time and different speakers. But Oral Roberts spoke a lot. And I remember this one time, there was a girl that I knew. She played on the basketball team. 
and she was uh, a nurse major. And a lot of the PE majors and the nurse majors had a lot of our classes together, like anatomy and physiology. And so I had a lot of classes with this girl. I knew her pretty well. Well, before the basketball season starts, she blew her knee. I mean, she blew it big time. And and uh, it was going to take her out of the basketball season. And it's tough to do that at ORU because she had to walk on crutches everywhere. And everywhere you go at ORU, you have to walk. And, and so she was just hobbling around and her knee was swollen and she had the brace on. And when she went home at Christmas, they were going to operate on her knee. Well, Oral was ministering that day and he was up on the stage. And all of a sudden, It's like something dropped on him. It was like his countenance changed. And he came running down the aisle, and he went right to her, and he said, get out into the aisle. And she hobbled out there, and he took the the crutches away, and he said, and he prayed for her, and she was healed. She never used those crutches again. She never had the surgery. I don't remember if she played basketball that year or not. But that was a gift of healing and operation. And, you know, that's, I remember that from this, you know, you see, we see healings. We, like I said, sometimes it just goes over our head. But that one, I knew that I knew that I knew. She was injured and she was well. Mike's told the story years ago when we were playing volleyball in Columbus. He hurt his knee. And we just didn't have the finances or anything. And so we just prayed and believed. And and we had a conference and Ed Dufresne was here. And he called him up and that knee was healed instantly. And we don't always see that, but we're going to see it more. And it doesn't mean just because it hasn't happened in the last 20 years that it isn't going to happen. You know, Jesus, you stop and think about that. When Jesus was 29 years old, There's no record that that the gifts of healings were working in his life. But from one day to the next, all of a sudden that healing started to flow. And it started to work in his life. So from one day to the next, you never know. They talk about the suddenlies of God. Suddenly God comes. Now, the one thing we need to understand is people have, have questions about people being raised from the dead. And if you've ever read about Smith Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth lived in the early part of the 1900s. I think he passed away, went to heaven in the 40s. And there were three confirmed people that he raised from the dead. And the thing is, you think, oh, you've got to be a big minister. The first person that that Smith Wigglesworth raised from the dead, Wigglesworth was a plumber. And he'd been working all day, and he came home, and they told him his neighbor had died. Neighbor lady had died. And he just started praying, just in his natural faith, just started praying. And even so, his wife, even, who was really the believer in the family, came and said to Smith, she's dead. There's no point praying for her anymore. And he says, but I just did what I needed to do. Just did what I knew to do, and I just kept praying for it. And then he said, this is recorded, it's uh, in books, it's documented. He said, something just came over me, almost to the point where I couldn't, wasn't thinking in the natural. And he said he marched over to her house, picked her up, threw her against the wall, and called life back into her. 
and she came back alive. And you think, oh, no, we can believe Casper the ghost, but we can't believe that Smith Wigglesworth, by the power of God, raised somebody from the dead. Now, the thing is, all three power gifts have to be in manifestation for that to happen. That's why we don't see it very often, because all three power gifts don't work on a normal basis through one individual. But you have to have the gift of faith. Something dropped on him. He talked, it's like a cloak that comes down and it dropped on him to where a faith rose up on the inside and he just was more in the spirit than he was and then and he marched over there that you can't just walk into a mortuary and pick somebody up and think you're going to raise them from the dead in just natural faith that ain't normal okay that ain't normal but then you have to have the working of miracles for that life to come back into that person. And then you have to have the gifts of healing for whatever they died from to be healed or they're just going to die again. So it takes all three, and we have to have that understanding. Now, people can have zeal without, without knowledge, and that's why we're talking about things. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe, but we have to... You know, just a couple examples. Like I talked about Kenneth Hagin. He could just, it just was like he could believe things for things that people, ordinary people couldn't. But people tried to act like him. And when Mike, when Mike was at Raymond, we were in Tulsa, there was, I remember a group of students and, and they came forward or wherever and they asked for prayer because they didn't have any food. And they needed God to send them food. And see, they were trying to do the Kenneth Hagen gift of faith for food when they should have been exercising the natural gift of faith and get a job. <laughs> and a lot of that went on. And it's, it's like, if you read through these stories of the gifts of faith and the gifts of working of miracles, it was when there was a dire need. It wasn't when natural faith could take care of it. And people get confused. Now, years and years ago, we had a guy that came to church here. Mike can tell the story better than me. He was from California originally. He had some issues. He was a loose cannon. Just... (laughs) He was a piece of work, and he he had a lot of zeal but no knowledge. And he told Mike a story. When he was living in California, they heard about somebody that had a minister or somebody that had gone to a hospital and prayed for that person, and the person came out of the wheelchair. That was a gift of faith, working miracles, gifts of healing, something. And he didn't understand that. So he and his buddy just marched into a hospital one day. What, oh, a nursing home? It was a nursing home. And just found somebody in a wheelchair and pulled them out. And they dropped. And they ran. And they ran. There was no faith working there. It was a false imitation. <laughs> and those things don't help the body of Christ. So, you know, use your faith in the natural. That's what Smith Wigglesworth talked about in that incident where that lady was raised from the dead. He said, all I did was do what I could in the natural. I just prayed. And then all of a sudden, 
God took me to a different level. But you can't make that happen. You just do what you can do and then let God do the rest. So we need to understand those things. All these things I'm saying and talking about the Holy Spirit because I believe that we've entered into a new era. We're, and, and, and there are people, I, right now there are people that are operating in the gift of faith. They just, and if God has spoken to them, God's shown them in a dream, sometimes that's how that gift of faith comes into impartation. So Pastor Hank has seen some things by the Spirit of God that I haven't seen. And it's enabling him to walk in a higher level of faith, perhaps, than some of us. And some people that, you know, have no faith at all or aren't operating it, there's wonderment and there can be discouragement set in. We just, you just have to to stay in there. And we can't, the thing is, so many churches and Christians right now, because they don't have any measure of faith, apparently well, they have some, but they aren't using it, just want to go back to the way it was. Let's just go back to our little self-help groups and, and whatever it is. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go back to passive social club, half-hearted Christianity. I want to go forward. I want to see the works of God. I want to see miracles and signs and wonders and the gift of faith. And and so all we do is like Smith Wigglesworth. We just do what we can do and just keep moving forward. But we have to keep our faith built up. We got to keep hearing the word of God. We got to be encouraged. We have to move forward by being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, don't sit there and listen to gloom and doom all the time. You need to, and it's good to hear the prophets and the pastors and the apostles teaching, but you've got to get alone with God. And it's done me more good. I'm just stuck in the book of Isaiah. And I just keep reading Isaiah because what happened was happening then is so similar to what's happening now. And you look how God worked for them, and it didn't happen. You know, the gift of faith is a process. There are some things that have to be worked out before it's fully manifested. And that's kind of where we are right now. God's working some things out, but we can't get weary in well-doing. But God, no matter what the circumstances, if you read Isaiah, he always took care of his people. People that weren't following him may be suffered. The evil people may be suffered, but God always took care of his people. So it's very important that we stay in the word of God, keep our relationship with God, have some understanding, spend time with God, encourage yourself. And so I like to listen, though, to like Mario Murillo is one of my favorites just because he is on the forefront. And he's, he's old enough, he's seen things, he understands things, and he is a general right now. He, to me, some of these guys, have you ever watched the movie The Patriot? That's one of our favorite movies. Go back and watch the movie The Patriot. And this is what I believe is happening in the body of Christ right now. They were making a charge, and the enemy came in, and they started to fall back. And what did... What did he do? Hold the line. Hold the line. It's our turn now. 
And he took the flag and picked it up and charged forward. And everybody started to follow. And that's where we've got to be. It's our turn now. We got to find our fight. We got to pick up that banner, pick up the flag, and move forward. And the people that they'll fall in line. It's going to fall in line. You know, there were people that I knew that went through the charismatic revival and never had a clue what was going on. But I have them as friends on Facebook now, and they're all talking about Jesus. Something happened, even when you didn't think God was working. They got it eventually. It took them longer. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some Mel Gibsons that are holding the flag and moving forward, and there's going to be some that will fall in. It doesn't matter, just so we all get in on, on our act and do our part. So today, Mario posted this post, and this is what I want to finish with today. He says, what does a national awakening look like? There are reasons we don't know, partly because we can't imagine what it would take to pull America out of the grave she is digging for herself, and partly because God has hidden it. And I think this is one th- area where people struggle, especially the older generation that has seen some things of God, but they want to see the things of God, but there's a tendency to want to go back to the way it was because that's the way it was at one time. We've got to realize it's going to be different now. Oftentimes we get so busy that we do not stop to take consideration of what is happening around us, and sometimes we forget to pause, wait, and listen for the answer. And how many times do we look for a reformation or revival to look like what it did before in the days of Azusa Street, for example? But God is a God that loves to create new things. Do not look for him to only show up in the awesome manifestations as he has done before, but be open to the Father saying, this is me, even if it looks a little unusual and is brand new now. Ask God to quicken your spirit when signs of awakening are taking place and be alert and prayful with an ear always tuned to hear him. The awakening is already happening. You can feel it, you can see it, you can hear it, and you can sense it. Do not let your emotions or the aha, it's here, realizations cause you to ease off your pursuit of him. Reminder... Remember to teach your children to watch, observe, take heed, and rejoice too. Help your children to become familiar with the signs of God, of a good God, who is answering your prayers and drawing people to his heart and salvation. Invite your children into the process of welcoming God's miracles and display of power to earth. Let us not be like the Israelites who, when they got out of captivity and into freedom, quickly forgot about the horror they had escaped in God who set them free. He is here. Revival is here. Reformation is here. It's happening. Look for it. Ask about it. Rejoice over it. Keep pursuing, worshiping, and running with him. With the Father, we have a nation to restore, to reform, and to redeem. And God always moves with the power gifts and the gifts of the Spirit when there's dire need. And we're there. We just got to do everything that we can do. And when we get as far as we can go, then God's going to kick in with those gifts and do the rest. So be aware of that. 
be open to that, be watching for that, and keep moving forward. We'll continue. We've got a few other things to cover, but that was what we needed to talk about today. Isaiah 35, strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer. I'd call those miracles. Amen. Then the tongue of the dumb sing, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. I like that. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. With everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. So, remember, this is the season of the shout. We're entering into a season of signs and wonders and miracles. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. You know, I, I try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I try to be sensitive when Abe's leading worship and when she's ministering. But this morning, when I early on, there was a real anointing on my neck. And that's a gift. If you're suffering when dealing with your neck right now in some some place, come in, I want to pray for you. Necks today. Necks. There's some necks here. <laughs> Stiff. You know, I know as we get older you have to deal with that. We all whine and complain, even me. But there, there's an anointing there for that. And so we're going to lay hands on you. You just need to believe. Say this with me. Let's, let's get our faith active. Say, I believe. When pastors Mike and Kathy lay their hands on my neck, healing anointing will flow, driving out all stiffness and pain in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. We loose anointing to flow into this neck. In Jesus' mighty name, healing flow, pain and stiffness go. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, healing flow. For you sent your word to heal and deliver. We thank you that healing is in your precious name, Jesus. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive healing in the name of Jesus Christ. 
in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Receive healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Infirmity, go in Jesus' name. Lord, let that healing anointing flow. Stiffness, pain. It must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Healing flow in Jesus' name. We thank you, Thank you. In the name above every name, the name of Jesus. For healing is in that name. We loose healing anointing in every fiber of her being. Muscles, tendons, ligaments, joints, organs. Function as God ordained them to. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we loose healing anointing today. We flow in the Lord. We thank you, Father. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Healing is the children's bread. In Jesus' name. What's your name? You. What? Come here. Do you have Jesus in your heart? He's your Lord. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? I don't know. I'm just going to pray for you today. I don't even know you're a total stranger, but I want you to know God's eyes are on you and He loves you. He's got good things for you. Father, bless Him. Today, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hold him up, don't let him go, in the name of Jesus Christ, bless him, spirit, soul, and body, thank you Lord, for understanding to come, wisdom to flow. Well, I feel like we've been to church. Amen. Reach out this week to somebody. Be generous. Give. Amen. Anything else? We told them about Doug Daniels. Yeah. Worship and sound team afterwards. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. Have a great week.